Hello and welcome to Being Boss, episode number 80. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. Today, we are so excited to be talking to Christine Hansen. Christine is a sleep boss. So after leaving her career in education in 2015, Christine is now all about teaching you how to get a solid night of sleep, which will allow you to wake up refreshed with more energy and ready to tackle your day and rock your business like a boss. Christine is an international certified pediatric sleep consultant with her company Sleep Like a Baby and international adult sleep coach with her company Sleep Like a Boss. So her approach involves no pharmaceuticals and it addresses the whole picture of sleep, not just one piece of the puzzle. Hey bosses, I wanted to take a second and tell you that earlier today, Emily and I were talking about passion projects to our Being Boss Clubhouse members, and we were talking about how once you get paid doing what you love, and once you turn a passion project into a business, one of the big energy drains on that is having to do all the administrative work around building a business around the thing that you love, right? So it's really about the administrative work, like keeping your books and doing all the accounting. And that's why we love FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. FreshBooks is intuitive. It's easy. You don't have to be an accounting major. In fact, it was designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. And you can try your free trial today by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. You don't even need to enter a credit card. I really want you guys to make money doing what you love. And so I think FreshBooks is a great way to get started with that. All right, back to our show. So Christine, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to be talking to you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Okay, so we um, have a love-hate relationship with sleep over here at Being Boss, <laughs> right? <laughs> you love it, Kathleen. We're going to fix your sleep one day. I'm going to start sending you so many good sleep vibes every night when I go to <laughs> Actually, not even for you. I'm sending them for Fox. But love-hate, yes. I love sleep. Kathleen has the love-hate relationship. I mean, I love it too. I just don't get enough of it, which is why we have Christine on the show. Christine. Mm-hmm. No pressure. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really excited to to be here and to help you hopefully give you some tips that you didn't know about and see what we can do. We actually Skyped probably a couple months ago mm-hmm. and I you know I'm just getting so frustrated with my kiddo waking up all the time. Lately the big struggle has been just getting him to go to bed in the first place and I feel like <laughs> I read all the books and I know all the things and nothing is working. So whenever we chatted a couple of months ago, you I remember essentially you told me to bribe him and it totally worked. <laughs> and it worked with but your it, husband like, first, right? I still remember that. I had to laugh. <laughs> Wait, wait, I don't remember that part. You were on holiday. You know, you deprived. were you were away. Oh, yeah. And it first worked with uh, with your husband, right? Yeah, I mean, like my kid in general is a lot 
better with my husband than he is with me, which brings us a whole other issue of like mom guilt. But <laughs> he typically sleeps for my husband. Whenever I'm around, he's waking up all the time. So it's all my fault. I get it. <laughs> no. He misses you. He just misses you. But even but even apart from like Kathleen's not sleeping, I know that like one of the common boss issues is this idea that you have to like stay up and hustle out all the things and not getting enough sleep. I feel like college, like high school and college teaches us to like cram and to like Mm -hmm. not sleep very much. Mm -hmm. And like I was never one of those. In high school, college, I was the girl who was asleep at nine o'clock regardless of what exams (laughs) I had coming the next day. Me too. Me too. I never (laughs) sacrificed sleep ever. I think which is why it's been such a hard transition going from being a sleeper to a non-sleeper. Absolutely. Right. But but sacrificing sleep is like a – it's a real issue for for people who are starting their own business or like side hustling or whatever. And so I'm excited to – dive into all the reasons why that should be the last thing that you ever want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's like, you know, especially when you are working, if you have your own business even more so, you have so much on your plate that, you know, you, you some your time is limited. So the first thing that people start to sacrifice is their sleep, you know, just a couple of hours here, just a couple of hours there. And then, you know, even if you have a meeting in the morning, oh, it will work out somehow. And suddenly you have accumulated all of that sleep debt, like literally sleep debt, and you just don't function as well anymore. So um, there are really a lot of repercussions that ha- that are happening. And at the bottom line is that if you really want to rock a business and really want to be at the top of your game, you cannot allow yourself to sacrifice sleep because it's, you're not going to perform the way that you should. It's as simple as that. So, and I'm really glad that at the moment we have a little bit of a movement going on with Ariana Huffington, who's having this whole sleep revolution movement, you know, and I really hope that that's starting to change things a little bit. But actually, when you talk to really successful business people, most of them are very aware that they need their sleep and are actually very, very protective about it. Like people like, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffet, Alan DeGeneres are some examples who are all like big, um, not protectors, but like supporters of getting the sleep that you, your body and brain really needs. So it's, it's, I'm really glad to be here and to, to get that message out because I think you just tend to trivialize it so quickly. And it's, it's important that you take care of yourself and of your body, really. So I've experienced the personal ramifications of not getting enough sleep, which include things like depression, foggy brain, um, an achy body. Like I almost feel like I have the flu. Have you guys ever had a slumber party where you stay up all night and the next day you almost feel like you have the flu? Like even if you didn't drink or do anything, um, you know, you still just feel gross in your body. So what are some of the very real ramifications of not getting enough sleep? Well, basically, just to put it in very simple terms, your brain and your body is is like an engine. So during the day, 
you are damaging yourself like slightly, not in a, in a horrible way, but you know, it's just because you're working. So when you're sleeping, your brain and your whole body is basically being rejuvenated, which is really the essence of the word. So you're really having all of that damage repaired and you get your energy back. And so it's really physically and mentally that everything is healing and basically getting all of the energy back. So when you feel physically like a horrible just experience just happened and it gets worse with with age unfortunately um it's because your body is actually not completely healed you know it's it's literally that so um everything that you're describing is really a ramification of or a consequence of your brain not getting enough chance to to catch up on sleep and to catch up on all the energy and healing that it needs that's just in in very simple terms does that, that make is sense? kind of yeah that is kind of i don't on one hand mind blowing in that there are so many people who don't sleep and do the thing that they have to do to keep their body consistently going but on the other hand so obvious like please just get some sleep so that your body can do what it's supposed to be doing um so i want to talk about like what sleep actually does for you while you're doing so if you don't get enough sleep you are your body's not healing but what are what are the good things that come from getting a really good restful night's sleep so um, what is really happening is that the main events basically taking place in your sleep is that your brain is incredibly active and the main thing that it does is first of all consolidating memories so if you want to be someone who's not constantly forgetting stuff like important stuff you should really be aware of your sleep habits so that's the first thing that it does and the second thing is that it's really flushing out any toxins that are there during the day so it helps you to be more alert more creative as well and also emotionally it helps you not just to be a nicer person because you are not as grumpy but it also helps you to read people better so it's going to help you to have all of your senses really sharp and alert. So especially if you're someone who is a team leader, for example, it's crucial that you know how to read people and to read their reactions. And if you don't get enough sleep, all of your senses are basically dulled. So, you know, there are things that you miss that you would never have missed otherwise. And it also helps your whole physical body to to regenerate and things like that so for example babies and kids they are making most of their growth while they are sleeping you know so that's just showing like how incredibly important that is so if you have a child who has a sleep disorder you will notice one of the things are that they aren't growing as quickly and that can be very worrisome and when you know where to look that can change everything basically so it's incredibly important. Kathleen, are you uh, sleeping yeah. over there? <laughs> Did you finally get I'm, a little I'm bit of shut eye? I am crying into my pillow right oh, now. Kathleen. It's just so funny because um, I, I, I think that anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a while is familiar with my sleep issue, which is basically that I had a baby who didn't sleep for all of 2014. We were up every 45 minutes to an hour every single night for a full year. And it was really devastating. And I still feel like I'm not quite caught up. He's still waking up an hour a night. But something that happened to me 
is, I'm sorry, he's not still waking up an hour every night. He's still waking up in the middle of the night, at least once a night every night, which is a big, you know, shift. And it's a lot better than the nine to 10 times a night that we were waking up before. But um, it's still a struggle. And what I'm struggling with right now, whenever it comes to sleep, and probably this isn't the case for every single boss, but maybe there are ways that we can tweak it to make it relatable, is that I'm starting to become afraid of nighttime mm-hmm. now. And I I get to where right before I go to bed, I get really scared of having to wake up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And I've also found that even since we're sleeping a little bit more, I'm waking up with insomnia. And I don't know if that's because of what I had been through or if it's because of getting older or because the stress in my business is really starting to add up. But I wake up and I start thinking about work or I wake up and I'm so excited that my baby hasn't woken up first that like I get so excited I can't get back to sleep. So, I mean, I have so many questions about sleep, but let me start with this. How much sleep should we really be getting? Okay, so I have lots of things that I want to tell you, but let's start with your question first. (laughs) (laughs) So the generic answer is eight hours. That's the generic answer. Now, obviously, we are all different. So what I usually suggest is that if you are someone who wakes up in the morning and who has to hit a snooze button like 10 gazillion times or work with... I don't know, 10 different alarm clocks hidden all over the room, then that's a pretty sure sign that you're not getting enough sleep. If you're someone who is really alert in the morning, like it's easy for you to to wake up or it's like maybe not your favorite thing to do, but you know, you have a stretch and things are fine, then you're good. So for me, that's the easiest way to see if you're getting enough sleep and also whether you manage to get through the day without craving to have to go to sleep during the day all the time. That's usually a sign that even if you sleep a lot and you're still tired, that there's something going on that shouldn't. Okay, so next question. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. I have have a follow-up. So not getting enough sleep is one side of it. Sometimes I worry that I sleep too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I know, which is why I kind of don't want to ask this question. Mm. But what happens when you do sleep too much? Like, I'm one of those people, I learned a long time ago, if I don't get my eight hours of sleep, you do not want to know me. (laughs) But there there are certainly times when I feel like I need more. And like, I'll sleep a solid 11, 12 hours and then feel a little guilty about it and wonder if I'm sleeping too much or if there's something up. So is there like a possibility that you can sleep too much and what does that look like you can (laughs) in a way like as long as it's not like chronic that you you know you you always you, you are afraid that you're going to fall asleep on the wheel every day you know then you're fine however if you are constantly taking naps and then are having insomnia it's something that i wouldn't recommend and also the healthiest thing that you can do is really to kind of stick to the same rhythm every day so even on weekends that's like the healthiest thing that you can do and someone who has a real issue with sleep and sleeping all over the place not in in that way but you know in a chronological way kind of then I say you really have to stick to certain times but if you have a really nice lie-in from time to time then that's absolutely fine you're probably catching up on sleep dead and that's okay you know 
I do it too. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And I'm good. (laughs) Okay. So here's, here's a question and a real thing as a boss and something that's been, I'm almost ashamed to admit it because we preach so much (laughs) over here about (laughs) having kind of that work-life balance. And lately I've been finding, especially as Fox is going and my sleep issues are hand in hand with my kids' sleep issues, but he's been kind of on a going to bed strike lately. I think that he's started to get the fear of missing out. And so he's going to bed later and later, which I just can't, I mean, maybe we can talk about this, but, um, as much as I like hold him down on his cot at 7 p.m., like he will not go to bed until 10 p.m. So I'm either holding him down in the bed and we're screaming and fighting and crying for three hours or we're all just hanging out until 10 p.m. and having a good time. But after he goes to bed, I see it as an opportunity to either catch up on TV, which is a real thing. I mean, I love my TV or to catch up on conversations with my husband or to catch up on a little bit of work. So I find myself not getting into bed until maybe midnight, even though I know sleep is so, so important. So what are ways that we can look at sleep um, as a way that like maybe we can prioritize it a little bit more in our lives? Yeah. So for me, like one thing as, especially as a mama or a daddy boss, you need to be able to also cut yourself some slack, you know, it's, it's a lot, especially if you have working parents and who can't be at home. And, you know, if you have a kid who's at daycare, you need to be able to forgive yourself on that a little bit, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And even if you think, okay, my kid should really be in bed earlier, which I advocate, but if it's not working for you, then it's not working for you. So that's like one of the main things. The one thing you always need to start with is that you need to be in the clear with yourself first before listening to books or to forums or to your mom and dad or even your best friend you know it's it's really has to start with yourself everything also your sleep yourself if you are ready to prioritize that you will it will be so much easier for you so as an entrepreneur or anybody who likes to to work and who loves their job it's difficult to switch off and believe me I'm I really have a tough time to close my laptop in the evening and to put my iPhone away and not chat or look or google or check out the latest webinars that are out there to (laughs) have me become a victim of another sale (laughs) um it's it's it has a lot to do with self-discipline and it also has a lot to do with teaching yourself to really switch off at at the evening and the other thing that i wanted to tell you is that so many have the the or the the same scenario of waking up at night and not being able to go back to sleep and it's very simple it's because you don't have any distractions around you you're quiet you know you have a quiet environment and your brain is suddenly starting to gather all of those ideas then you start to stress out because you know you have to get up soon but you also know that you have to sleep and so you're lying there and you're just freaking basically out And the easiest thing that you can do is to really get up. And, you know, one thing that you have to remember, you will survive the next day, even if you are tired. So stop stressing out about it. You've done worse and the world is still spinning. So stop stressing yourself out about it. If you're not getting enough sleep, then you're not getting enough sleep. So get up and do something 
completely different. Get out of the bedroom and do something that's boring, which means no screen, no TV, but something that you don't necessarily like doing, like ironing or folding laundry or doing crossword puzzles. Something that will help you to stay focused on something, but that will not allow your thoughts to come and circle and haunt you. And I really like that option because a lot of times you people suggest medic meditation and it works for some people but i also know that most people who i who i should if i was going to tell them like okay if you're in that situation you you need to clear your mind and think of nothing yeah that's not going to work so i think that this is an option that is much more efficient for busy minds because it gives you something to do you have to focus or your favorite shirt will be ruined but it won't allow you to think too much. And then as soon as you feel fatigue coming back, like the first time you yawn or the first time your eyes start to become stingy again, you go back to bed and you try again. If it doesn't work, you get up again. So, but don't stay there and freak out about not being able to sleep because that's not going to help. So those are not things that I do whenever I wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> to get back to sleep. <laughs> I'm a meditator. So like, I, I almost really hate like even speaking during this episode because I'm like the most boss sleeper I've ever met, <laughs> especially with Kathleen, who's had such like literally has post-traumatic stress disorder Absolutely. from not being able to sleep. But I'm a meditator. I, I know you're saying that like a joke, but I really do. No, like, I'm not even talking about it. this. <laughs> even talking about this episode, you guys, I'm having a really hard time not crying. I know. Even oh. just talking about this, like it is. It's painful. Such a I completely get it. I really, really get hard it. topic. <laughs> okay, so Emily, you meditate. Yeah, I meditate to go. So I'm one of those people who can literally lay down in my bed and be asleep in like 45 seconds. Like it's amazing and meditating is like how I started that habit like just laying down and literally counting to a hundred silently in my head um, and I've gotten to where like at night if I ever wake up in the middle of the night I do that as well like I'll just start counting um, and backwards if it's a really bad night because then like even more focus has to go into counting and then usually by the time I get to the bottom I'm done um, but even then sometimes sometimes I um, I do have a harder time going back to sleep than that but never tried ironing on my have to try that someday <laughs> it really depends on your personality type um I reading for me is also one of those things like I keep a couple of books by my bed and I usually pick up the most boring and get me like halfway through a page <laughs> and I'm like falling asleep um so I think and, and obviously Kathleen's not the best like subject for this but in most cases it's just trying like trying lots of things and figuring out what's going to work for you um and and not getting over like not getting not beating yourself up over the fact that you can't go to sleep and granted i've never had to deal with insomnia so you all can tell me to go to hell if you want um <laughs> but i mean it took me a while to get to a place where i was sleeping as bossly as i am now for sure yeah it's definitely it depends on your personality for sure you know it's like it's so individual. That's why I'm really careful by handing out like just 10 tips that will work for everyone because you have to look at different options. And even meditation is very different for different people. Like you have very different ways of meditating that work differently. And it's just sometimes it's just about the language. And talking about books, books can be great if 
you are not someone who's completely encaptured in something. Like if you're someone who's completely into Game of Thrones and you pick that up at the night, well, you probably will be reading for a couple of hours, you know. So <laughs> you are right that you should take something boring like, I don't know, I don't have an idea at the top of my head, but something that's not going to whisk you away into Adventureland. Okay, let's say you're sleeping eight hours a night and you wake up and you're still tired. Like, how how do you know if you're actually getting good sleep? Is there such thing as if you close your eyes, you fall asleep and you wake up later and you don't remember tossing and turning or anything like that, but you're still feeling tired? How do you know if you're getting good sleep or not? Well, that would be one sign is that you're still tired, you know? And that's when I think that... That's when, for me, I have all kinds of alarm bells going off. If I have people who, who've who been sleeping eight hours and who also have their partner, if they have one, confirm, like, okay, everyone's been sleeping and they're still really tired, then I'd really go and, and see to have a lab test done to see if you're not having a sleep disorder, like a sleep apnea, for example. And a sleep apnea is basically where your airway is closed for a second and then you stop breathing and so you always have to wake up again in order to restart basically. So people with sleep apnea don't necessarily know it. Some are snoring a lot and that you can really hear them stopping breathing regularly but for some it can be very quiet and so that's something that's one possibility there are lots of different reasons but when that happens then I'd suggest to really go to a lab and have yourself tested to see if you are actually sleeping like if your if your sleep is connected and they're actually getting enough because usually eight hours should be enough for you not to feel completely um, groggy the next day. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about the different levels of sleep? So in my own research, I've learned that there is, you know, deep sleep, light sleep, REM sleep. Can you explain to us what some of that is? Yeah. So in general, you can categorize sleep into two phases, which is like the REM sleep and the non-REM sleep. So REM sleep is when we are dreaming, very simply put, and non-REM sleep is where we're sleeping, but we don't see pictures in front of our eyes. Now, we sleep in cycles, in different sleep cycles, and each cycle is divided into different phases. So you have a light phase, which is said, and then you have a second stage, which is a deeper sleep where your whole body is starting to, your core temperature goes down, your pulse goes down. And then you have a third stage, which is like the really deep sleep when someone has really a lot of trouble waking you up. Or if you are a parent, when you hear your baby cry and you were in the third stage, you literally have a lot of difficulties to to orient yourself and sometimes even to balance your own body. And then you wake up again. And those cycles, they become longer. So the first one is usually around uh, like an hour, more or less, no, 90 minutes. And then the cycles afterwards become longer. So 100 minutes, two hours. And it's really important that each cycle is there because they all have different functions. So if you're missing some, then, you know, your body is lacking that purpose of that cycle. So that's basically how it works. And between those cycles, we wake up very quickly, very shortly, but we usually we don't remember. Like some of us, we just turn around, we fluff our pillow, you know, so it's very normal to, to wake up basically because we are connecting those sleep cycles. 
So that's just in general how what sleep looks like. So you were saying a minute ago that you don't like giving don't like giving uh, these sort of generic tips that are sort of right for everyone. So I won't ask you that, though I really want to. Um, Instead, I will ask, is there something that comes up most often that people are doing wrong whenever Mm -hmm. it comes to not getting enough sleep? Yeah. Um, There are different things. Uh, It's difficult. Like... Let's say the easiest thing to pinpoint for me when working with people are things like nutrition or hydration. So it's very important that you know your own levels of how you react to different things. For example, some people are very, very sensitive to caffeine and they cannot have another cup of coffee after 12 or even 10 a.m., Other people are much less sensitive to that and they can have another cup of coffee at at 6 p.m. and nothing will happen. So those are very individual things, but very often that is what's happening. For some people, it can even be fruit in the evening that has fructose that can keep them awake. And for a lot, it's dehydration. So we forget to drink during the day and then it's basically your body waking you up at night because it wants to signal to you that it needs the water of the day. So those are little things. But a lot of other things that are not that often talked about is actually our relation to sleep, what we connect with it, and also stress management, that we keep everything to the last minute. So if you are someone who's anxious very quickly or who's just like a warrior, like not in terms of war, but in terms of the worry, then something I could suggest is that you take some time during the day where you do just that. You just worry. So you can go to a quiet space and you just let those thoughts come to you and you just leave yourself and give yourself permission to just even freak out for a moment. And it's going to help you to take all of that pressure from the evening or especially the moment when you have to go to bed. Other things are, you know, some people are really scared of sleep. Um, I know that some people are not sure if they're going to wake up again. So there's things like that because sleep, you know, the last, the longest sleep that we have is death. So you have people who still have issues with that. And then you have things Hang on, like... we need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I love that you say that because I feel like that's something that really, I, I just thought I was a crazy person. Truly, whenever I had Fox... Because I was convinced that if he slept longer than, you know, three hours at a time that he might die. And I, and it was probably a little bit of like postpartum hormone um, imbalances that were leading to that thought. But I was really truly worried. And I, trust me, I wasn't like waking him up intentionally or trying to wake him up. But um, sometimes I wondered if that thought alone was enough to wake him up out of his sleep. I know it sounds crazy and silly, but I'm actually glad that you said that because I think I was afraid of him dying in his sleep. And and even still, like I'm like, oh my gosh, what what will happen if he sleeps too long? So as much as I want him to sleep eight hours a night every night, I still think I have a little bit of that fear. And it, it might not be directly related to my own death, but um, the fear of sleep is very real. Absolutely. So I'm, I, 
love that you acknowledge that because I felt so kind of almost alone or ashamed or crazy in that feeling. No, and that's something that's very important to me because when you look at sleep, you have a lot of experts who, who look just at external factors. But very often, it's it's actually something that's inside of us. And there are lots of people who are really, really scared of going to sleep at night because they are really scared of not waking up again. So it's definitely something that's real. And you having a child could be both. You know, it could be you worried about him and it could also be you worried about yourself, not waking up, not being there, not being aware. So there's lots of different things that are there. But don't feel crazy. There's some other scary things that happen with sleep too. Like I've experienced both sleepwalking and sleep paralysis where Mm -hmm. I wake up but I can't open my eyes. So that's kind of scary. And then also things like nightmares I know a lot of people struggle with. So, you know, maybe not everyone acknowledges the fear, but there can be fear. Absolutely. Sleeping. Absolutely. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage to be honest with yourself on that and to 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 be ready to think about it as well and lots of times you don't hear that in relation with sleep and i just recently had a conversation with someone who knew exactly what well, she she had the hunch that it had to do with a very like a traumatic experience in her life and she just told me i thought i was crazy for thinking that that was related to my sleep deprivation and it was just hearing that no it is it can absolutely be related that just was a huge relief. So don't feel crazy about it. It's very common. It's just that we don't talk about it that much. Mm. Okay, what else? Okay. Um, It can be very simple factors like not getting enough daylight. And until I started working from home, I couldn't really understand that because I had to go to work every day and I was always a little bit of outside. But now I completely get it. Like I can be inside of my house all day long. And if you're someone who is working in a workspace that isn't close to a window or that doesn't have a lot of daylight coming in, basically your body is not getting enough sunlight. And so that can be a very simple trigger for your whole body clock to become messed up. So those are small things that sometimes we just overlook. And when you actually work with someone and you ask them, have you been outside today or over the last three days? And it's just like, oh, actually, I just went into my car, into the parking garage, into my office and back again, maybe to the gym where you had artificial light, which is not the same as sunlight. And it just messes up your whole system. So those are some external factors that you have to look at as well. But it's tricky. It's like, it's really a whole puzzle that you have to fit together. But those are some that I think most people are prone to um, have an issue with. And, you know, because it's so complex, sometimes you don't know where to look. And it really helps if you have an approach of looking at all kinds of external factors, but also internal factors. And that's what I think is the most healthy way of tackling this issue. And then, of course, seeing if there's really a medical reason obviously you have to go a different route but until that's really established there's lots of things you can do with small tweaks and lifestyle changes i want to hear from you about tech Mm -hmm. so screen time before bed i've heard both ways good and bad and would Imagine a lot of bosses listening to this enjoy a good Instagram (laughs) scroll before going to bed. Um, What are your views on screen time before bed? 
Okay, so screen time has the reputation that it has because of a very simple factor. So when you have a screen, the light that it emits, it's artificial blue light. Now, blue light is all around us. It's basically why the sky is blue. But the problem with artificial blue light is that the rays that it's emitting are much shorter and therefore a lot more intense and they have a high impact on your retina and they mess with your production of melatonin, which is a sleep hormone. Now, for some people, they are not that sensitive to it and it doesn't make much of a difference. But for others, it can really make a huge difference on how they sleep. And also, usually when you have people who say, I can only sleep in front of the TV, it's not necessarily a sign that the TV is calming them down, but it's usually a sign that they're really tired and that they actually caught the proper window of going to bed. So it's, I don't think, or I wouldn't say that it is supporting you to go to sleep, but for some people, it makes a bigger impact than others. And also some people are just naturally tired at the moment when they go and have, um, I don't know, their regular Netflix binge, you know, when they, before they go to bed. So that's basically why the screen time issue is coming up so many times. So it makes absolute sense. But as I said, it really depends on how sensitive you are to it. But if you are someone who has trouble with sleep, I'd really recommend not including any screen time, at least an hour before going to bed. So, but what I'm hearing you say is that there are a lot of variables that could be affecting your sleep from the time that you stop drinking caffeine in the day to even sugar in the evening. And I'm thinking about all of these for my kiddo too. Like, oh, wow, I give him a banana right before bed. Like, way to go, Kathleen. Like, maybe I should. No, you're not actually be doing something. You have different kinds of food. You know, bananas can be a sleep food, which are actually great for sleep. So you're bang on there. But I wouldn't give him like oh, a citrus God. food, like an orange or things like that that can be a little bit hyper you're not doing <laughs> Kathleen you're not doing anything you are and you're a great mom you know <laughs> sweet Christine. Seriously. Sweet you're just worrying like this it's already the best sign in the world Oh, well, I mean, it's definitely our our big struggle. And I feel just so embarrassed. Like the other no. night I woke up or he Fox woke up and I ended up in his bed at 3 a.m. And then the next moment I woke up and it was 730 and we were both sleeping in his little twin size bed. <laughs> and I was just like, man, what is wrong with us? Like, why can we not figure this out? But um, OK, so my question is, there are all these things around food, like whole 30s. And, um, you know, the sugar detoxes, all these different programs. So if you were to do like a sleep detox, and again, I know that you said that there are a lot of variables, but what could some of the best practices, like if you were to do a sleep detox for a week or two weeks or a month, just to really see what's affecting your sleep and what isn't, like what would the ideal day or scenario or bedtime routine look like? Okay, so um, something that you should or, consider... Or do we have to hire you for <laughs> <laughs> It's it, A whole sleep detox is like, it's incredibly complex. But something that I can easily tell you is that you can very simply figure out what kind of foods you should be eating and which ones are not that perfect for sleep. And the very simple reason for that is that 
you know, everyone knows melatonin. Like especially, I know, especially in the states, it's it's a supplement. In the meantime, and the problem with melatonin is that it derives from another hormone called tryptophan, and tryptophan isn't produced by our body. We have to take it from the outside. So basically, we have to eat it. And you have different foods, which I refer to as sleep foods, which have high levels of tryptophan. So, and it's very easy to figure those out. So you can Google them. You have great articles on that. And if you are very serious about a whole lifestyle change, I definitely suggest to look at those foods and to change your diet around to work with those foods first and see how they affect you. And you can also simply find out the foods, anything that's processed, like anything that's very saturated and processed is something that I completely skip from my diet. So organic can help and anything like the, the, basically the simplest rule is that if you pick something up from the store and it has a huge list of ingredients, it's not necessarily the best choice. Like the fewer ingredients are on there, the purer your product is and the healthier it usually is. So I'd really go with that and then look at the sugar levels that are in there as well. Does that make sense? Like just nutrition wise. Yeah, totally. So our food can affect our sleep. What are some foods that are really good for sleep? You can have... I mean, obviously you said look up the things with tryptophan in them, but mm-hmm. are there other... Like knowing now that a banana is okay. A banana is okay. What are some other foods that you think specifically promote healthy sleep? Some things that you can have is like broccoli or if you're not a vegetarian, meats like turkey is very good for sleep. Um, and I don't know them all on top of the head, but what you can do is you can look my article on the Huffington Post, which is called how food can help you sleep. And I have a list of ingredients there, but nuts are generally very good as well for sleep. So, Oh, good. We'll be sure to link to that in our show notes at beingboss.club as Mm -hmm. well. Because it's exactly what I'm talking about right now. So it's, it's really (laughs) exactly that topic. Awesome. I'm doing, um, I'm actually three days in right now to a whole 30. And it's probably my third or fourth that I've done in the past couple of years. And the thing that I am looking forward to most is about two weeks in or two weeks in going to bed. Because the sleep that I have during like that middle phase, especially or middle to end of whole 30 is the most glorious sleep I have ever felt. Um, So yeah, cleaning up your diet really hardcore will do some amazing things for how well you sleep. Mm -hmm. And also cutting down alcohol. I hate to say, because I'm sitting here with a glass of bubbly. It's actually, (laughs) I'm not an alcoholic, but it's our anniversary. So I'm celebrating here. Oh, happy anniversary. (laughs) And also it's evening for you. Exactly. Yes. It's it's, it's the evening. I'm not like, (laughs) but um, I'm just saying it because alcohol can help you to fall asleep quicker, but the the kickback of it is that it's going to come and haunt you in the middle of the night. And when you wake up from that, it's more difficult to fall asleep again. So lots of people who have an alcohol detox, detox, they will notice that their sleep is getting better too. Yeah, alcohol is no fun for me anymore. And the sleep, the waking up in the middle of the night is the pits. The pits. <laughs> um, thank you, getting older and ruining my ability I to have I know. <laughs> it's horrible. It's not fair, is it? 
<laughs> nope, not at all. Okay, is there anything else we need to cover on sleep? Is there anything that we haven't, that we we don't even know that we don't know whenever it comes to sleep? Um, I think that, just again, my message and basically the way that I work and what I believe is that you have to start with yourself in terms of being ready to accept sleep as being a priority. And whatever you need as a motivation, you will find it because you will find entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs telling you how important it is. You will find doctors telling you how important it is. You will find psychiatrists who will tell you how important it is. Everything in your life that it somehow makes an impact on you being a better person, a healthier human being, is related to sleep. And so you have to start with your own willingness to change something first before you start implementing a gazillion different tips. Because it's just like having a body transformation in terms of going on a diet and going to the gym and, you know, you're not going to have the body of uh, a marathon runner within a couple of weeks. It takes time. It's a lot of work. You will have to shift lots of routines that you probably had for years and years and years. But the good news is that lots of times you can really get rid of your sleep problem without having to rely on medication or anything like that. And that's also something that I just very quickly want to note. One of the most unhealthy things out there are sleep meds. They're really dangerous. And if you're not someone who can really benefit from them because you have a medical sleep disorder, it's really something that you have to look into to find alternatives to it because they do a lot of damage. So, um, And that's basically what I want to get out there that it's not just a one-trick pony you there's lots of different facets to it so hopefully I have managed to give you a little bit of the different ideas that you can look at when you find yourself with a sleep problem just to be aware of them and to figure them out I love that I have one more question for you absolutely so we talk a lot about like having a morning routine to help you prepare for your day and that's really important for like having success and getting the things done and, you know, all the really fantastic people in the world have a really solid morning routine. Um, does sleep work better if you have a solid nighttime routine? Is that a thing mm -hmm. or am I just making that up? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Because basically our brain is a beautiful thing, but it's also a very simple thing in ways that you are can you can train it. So it's going to make connections. So if you have a bedtime routine and you really stick to it, your brain is going to get ready to go to sleep much easier. It's going to be much easier for you to relax. So having a great bedtime routine is really something that you should start. And I'm actually very glad that you're asking because I prepared a bedtime routine sleep cheat, a cheap house cheat sheet for the Being Boss audience on my website. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So you can just go to sleeplikeaboss.com and then slash Being Boss. And I will have prepared a little, um, some different tips that you can use to create a sleep routine 
that works very well. And one of my favorite steps is actually to have a nice facial massage, like to have a nice cream putting on, because actually that is going to help you to relax too. Anything that has to do with like a massage, but don't use it as an excuse for your husband. You know, you need to massage me every night. <laughs> well, you can. You I don't know. think I want David massaging my face. Maybe not. It doesn't have that. to be your face, you know, but <laughs> it's one of my favorite steps in the evening, really. So, and I'm giving you a couple of tips on what you can do to get a creative or a lovely bedtime routine that fits your style and that will help you to go to sleep easier. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Kathleen, do you? Yeah, so I need to dig in just for five minutes. We have to address the mom bosses here. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. Do it. Well, and dad bosses, but typically it's the moms. But um, I need to know how to get my kid to go to sleep and stay asleep. Oh, God, Kathleen. <laughs> okay. Step number one is really that you need to be ready to actually want this, you know? Amen. (laughs) I feel like what you're saying, though, is I need to be ready to, emotionally ready to cry it out. No. I feel like that's what I'm hearing you say. No. But I think that you miss him maybe a little bit as well. And, you know, that's... I don't. I don't miss him. I don't even like him anymore. difficult it's tricky I'm just it's very tricky with toddlers you know but whatever you choose to do you know the whatever it is you know whatever method or whatever if you decide to to stay with him whatever you choose to do you need to stick to it you need to be consistent because children I'm not saying like infants but as of six months usually Children really love the world to be black and white. You know, they cannot deal with gray zones. It just confuses them. They are insecure about it. And even, you know, toddler age, my daughter is just as old as your son is now. And believe me, I know exactly how you feel when bedtime is a mess. Because her favorite word is just no right now. So it's like, <laughs> it's it's like, it's. I know it. it's her job. It's her job to push against it, you know, again and again and again. But I also know that staying with the boundaries that I've set up for her and her knowing that they are there to stay is really reassuring for her. And so you have to remember that, that you are not punishing him or that you are not upsetting him, but you're really helping him by staying, by sticking to whatever you decided works best for you in order to help him sleep. And there are so many different ways of doing it. So it's really finding out something that you can do. And you also have to, you have to know that he is not necessarily going to be happy. But there's a big difference between a toddler who is sad and a toddler who is frustrated, you know, and I think that's, one of the key pieces that you have to keep in mind. See, I think that the, why I have a hard time with being a mom is I was never around kids. So whenever he's flipping out and like crying as if I'm 
telling him that I'm going to murder him. <laughs> like he acts like I'm murdering him yeah. by asking him to get in bed and lay down and you're going to stay there and you're going to close your eyes and you're going to go to sleep. He acts like I'm killing him. And so then I really feel like I'm killing him because his reaction, I guess I'm acting as like, it feels as if I told Emily, if I was like, Emily, you got to go get in bed now. And she was like, what? you know, like flipping out. I would think, wow, there's something really wrong here. And so it's hard not to feel like there's something really wrong whenever he's flipping out. Yeah. And it's, you have to know that so many toddlers do this though. You know, it's like, but the thing is, it's not nice. It's not cool. And the problem is that they have they still have issues to regulate themselves, you know, like when they, once they are worked up, it's difficult for them to calm down again. Just neurologically speaking, it's, it's, their brain is not quite ready to do that yet. And they need the help of a caregiver. So you or someone they trust in order to sometimes calm down again. And if you are completely tense it's very difficult for them, for, for Fox to do that. So something that I like you to imagine is that if you go in there and you feel, imagine you have a bubble around yourself and Fox also has a bubble. And if you feel his bubble becoming like glowing red, working himself up, it's your job to have a nice calm bubble around you. Imagine a nice calm color like a turquoise or I don't know purple something you connect with calm and you want him to be embraced in your bubble and cool down to that color so that's something that I really like to imagine when I have my daughter screaming around and I just know that she needs me to help her calm down again and that's very difficult if you're very tense so if you feel that you cannot do it take a break and try first to work on yourself in order to be more ready, more easily to get into your calm color. Because if, if he's red and you are like a neon orange yellow, it's <laughs> not going to help. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. I think I need to smoke more weed. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> No, you show your kid his balls and give him a safe place to sleep. You got it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to work on being turquoise. <laughs> you work on being I'm turquoise and he'll work on being not so red. I might have to move out of my house. <laughs> no, I think that that's great advice. And, I, you know, it's it's definitely something I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying, you guys. I'm trying. Oh, no, but, you know, it's... It, it's okay not to be perfect and it's also very okay to be frustrated and to be not happy with your kid for a moment. Believe me, it's it's normal. <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, <laughs> whenever I try to, to just look at my iPhone and not giving it to my daughter, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's embarrassing. The whole village knows us by now. She's just... Ugh. She's a, she's a she's a toddler she's a toddler it's just all right and I think that's the thing I'm learning is that all toddlers are like yeah this. And I think what I'm really learning is that you actually can't make them sleep and you can't make them poop in the potty and you no. can't make them do all these things especially if they're going through a developmental phase where it's their job to you know push against yeah. them and 
find their own freedom. I just thought that that would happen whenever he was like 16, not two. (laughs) No, I think it's probably going to be easier with 16 than with two. Oh, man, I hope so. Oh, man, I hope so. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. We will be sure to put a lot of your notes and references on our show notes at beingboss.club. But can you also let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes. So you can very easily find me on my website, which is sleeplikeaboss.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and on Twitter. Twitter, I'm by Christine H. And my blog is also by christinehansen.com. And you're also in the clubhouse, aren't you? I'm in the clubhouse. Yes, please shoot me a message whenever you have a question. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And so maybe we could even, I mean, I'm not putting you on the spot here, but maybe we could even do a Q&A after your episode goes live. We do a monthly Q&A in our clubhouse. And I know that some of our clubhouse bosses would probably love to ask you a few questions about sleep. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Kathleen here. I wanted to pop in because I've been getting asked a lot what my role at Braid Creative is now that Being Boss has taken off so much. And I wanted to let you guys know that branding, business visioning, and coaching creatives to blend more of who they are into what they do while positioning themselves as confident creative experts is still a huge part of my work and my life. At Braid Creative, I'm still giving my team creative direction and putting my stamp of approval on every single project behind the scenes. But a big part of my role there is helping to create the Braid Method branding e-course. This is something I'm super passionate about, and what this e-course does is it helps creatives who can't quite hire Braid Creative one-on-one work on their own brand and their own business vision. We have an e-course book, a ton of exercises, and even audio files so that you can learn on the go. The e-course is now open to new students only until August 8th. Learn more at braidcreative.com and click e-course in the main menu. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode, listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.